Disclaimer. This week's episode contains some description of torture and empowerment. Listener discretion is advised. This week on A Dark Cup of History, we are delving into the life of one of the most famous historical figures of all time. Whether through his exploits in life or the rumours of his afterlife, nearly everybody in some way has heard of Vlad the Impaler, aka Dracula. We've got a very special episode for you this week, as well as being part of our Dark Month, we're joined on our foray into the Fang Fiends by the fellow Denzians of Darkness, <sighs> mouthful, Liam Mandy and Tobias Nichols of the Manic Podcast. Hey! hey we're a mouthful. Generic welcome. <laughs> 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 it's what it says. It's what it says. Hey! Hi, how are you? I'm good. This is my first time on your podcast. He's already been here. It's true, I don't know. He's been here, he, he caused here. havoc and went away, but he's back. Episode plug, The Haunting he Horse. The original story of Pinocchio. Yeah. I say, because the title doesn't give that away. Watching <laughs> <laughs> Heels does not sound like it's about Pinocchio. But I'm here. I'm here for Dracula. Yep. But not only are they here for us, we are going to be on theirs because we are a collaboration. Woo-hoo. Unless this one goes really badly. Yes. <laughs> and Liam's in the mood already in mine. <laughs> I've already had to withhold three jokes for myself and we've not started yet. This is good. Because I've decided that Vlad the Impaler and Dracula is too long words and we should nickname him Big Daddy D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, you said descriptions of torture and impaler and I was like, a fun one for the kids. <laughs> cool. We're back. Yeah, so they're here better. to cause mayhem and manic. Good. The two ends. Very, Very important. Yay, they oh, did our thing. Didn't like that. <laughs> so, what do you say? We grab our garlic and our crucifixes Keep your eyes on the nearest mirror. And all together now, let's, let's get, get dark. dark. Let's get dark. Oh my God's sake. <laughs> okay, so first things first, just a little bit of background for you. The ruling house of Wallachia from about 1310 was the house of Bazarab, named for its founder, Bazarab. Um, it had two cadet branches, which are like the offshoots. And they were the house of Dineshti, named for Dan I of Wallachia. Yeah, Dan. King Dan. I like that. And the Draculeshti, named for Vlad the Second Dracul. 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 Because he was nice. the Draculist of them all. Yeah. <laughs> so it begins. Right, that's three. I'm going to count how many puns you get into this episode. <laughs> well, as I know for not reading this beforehand, there's a lot of things I can't pronounce in this. So there's <laughs> a lot of it to cover for messiness. So that's three. Exciting. As with a lot of historical figures pre-early modern period, the dates are a little bit fuzzy. And with this fellow in particular, there is a lot of hard work involved in sifting man from myth. So here's what we know for mostly sure. Uh, Vlad III was born in 1431 in... Sigishwara. In Transylvania. (laughs) (laughs) You will hear that when I don't know a word, Carrie just fills in. I understand. (laughs) The thing is, I know how often that must happen because you did not pause. (laughs) (laughs) At all. You basically got, this is the word, and you were like, yep. (laughs) Right. Um, So what we know, that is what we now know as Romania. And it was split into the principalities of Transylvania, Moldova, Moldavia. And Not to be confused with Moldova. Moldavia. Actually, okay. no. And Wallachia. Wallachia, woman. Um, Come on. His father, Vlad II, was native of Wallachia and was forced to rule Transylvania as his cousin, Alexander of Dynasty, and control, and he had control, of Wallachia. Wallachia. Yeah. So they were born in Wallachia, but they had to rule Transylvania because Alexander was ruling Wallachia instead. Fair one. Yeah. Awesome. Now, this is in red. This that's is for me. That's you now. <laughs> Go for it, Liam. Go, go, go. I, I, I remember to shine. 
Vlad II was a warrior noble and served the Holy Roman Emperor, Sigismund. Yes, Karen? <laughs> say what you see, Liam. That is not going to be how this, because you've already mispronounced it. That's how it goes. Wallachia. <laughs> so, Sigismund, who governed... Who is ringing during the podcast? It's a nerdy smurf. How rude. That's Kevin. Kevin! The nerdy, nerdy smurf. smurf. He's Kevin. the nerdiest of all the smurfs. That's no, all right, smurf? because on Snapchat, I'm king of smurfs. Is there a nerdy smurf? You just yes, but you are Snapchat. smurfs for very different reasons. I don't want to know. Is he have... small and blue? Oh. You have genuinely plugged your Snapchat. Please, please continue. So yeah, that's a King of Smurfs on Snapchat uh, for your your whole and daily wholesome daily dose of lovable (laughs) anting. Oh, a little word to the wise. That's not what's on there. (laughs) This is page one of eighteen. It's not quite OnlyFans. We'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, you have to pay for that. Right, cool. So Sigismund, who governed the hungry. From Hungary, Sigismund Full had stop. a group of such. I don't care about punctuation. ADHD does not allow for punctuation. That's why you never put any. You've just put kisses in your messages. I do. Mid sentence. Yeah. Back to the script. Come on, people. Cool. So Sigismund had a group of such nobles who aided him in the ongoing conflict, defencing. Do you know what I mean? Defending. One mistake. I had to write things. This is my Canadian. first bit, Carrie. I'm the one who looks like a dick. <laughs> Not because of Carrie, though, to be no, fair. that's true. That's because I'm dressed stupidly. <laughs> I came dressed as Dracula because I thought that's what we were doing. But now, it's not just the people on the bus who gave me a weird look. <laughs> right, so, the ongoing conflict defensing Christian Europe against the Ottoman Empire. I love I had to that one. Great footstools. This group was known as the Order of the Dragon. Order of the Dragon. Ah, it's me. Look. Vlad II was therefore known as Vlad Dracul, or Vlad the Dragon. His sons, according to the lo- oh, I can't say that already. Linguistic. linguistic, I had to speak, okay, customers were therefore known as Dracula, son of the dragon. Sometimes you'll see Dracula translated as son of the devil, but this is an interpretation. It means dragon in the context of little Vlad. Little Vlad. Little Vlad. <laughs> Big Vlad, little Vlad. Oh, little tiny Vlad. <laughs> That's Vlad? what I call it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This is starting early. Help. <laughs> and that's his Vlad, by the way, Carrie. Vlad the Third. Vlad the Third was the second of four sons born to Vlad the Second. Um, three to his wife, Eupraxia, also known as Nyajna of the neighbouring Moldavia, and the fourth to a mistress, Kaltuna. His brothers were, <laughs> were Mercia of Wallachia, Radu the Third, the fair, Half-brother Vlad the Fourth, the monk, and they had a sister, Alexandra of Wallachia. Wallachia. We, we don't really talk about Alexandra. She just kind of slips. Can I just confirm? Into... Yes. Because you pronounce Wallachia several different ways now. Is it a V or is it a W? It's a V. Wallachia. You just said Wallachia. My bad. Yeah, just say. But you know, I went Wallachia. <laughs> I'm just I'm catering to our American cousins who. I'm like just saying. Pronounce okay. it as Wallachia. People need to understand that I am not going to get any of this right. But you're the season <laughs> professionals. Professionals are strong. You're the ones with your pronunciation guys and whatnot. Yeah, let's like talk about that you films. did not open. <laughs> no, I didn't. This is the first time I've ever done a pronunciation guide. We normally just wing it. Mm-hmm. No, you mean you do it for Emily. Live. I just wing it. <laughs> not ving it. Anyway. I don't know about Radu. I love Radu, that yeah. Radu the Third or Radu the Fair is fairly important, so you need to keep a mental note of that name as well. Mm-hmm. I won't. Okay? No. Thank you. 
1436, Alexander died and Vlad II saw his chance, so with the support of Sigismund and the Hungarian army, he took control of his birthplace and became the Voyevode, or warrior lord, of Wallachia. Wallachia. He moved his family to the castle at Taugaviste, and things looked peachy for a while. But not for long! Exclamation mark! (laughs) I feel like you shouldn't high-five at not for long. Is that an in Um, Emperor Sigismund died in 1437 Aww. and left Hungary weakened, which, for, which forced Vlad II to look to a former enemy to support his position. So, in 1438, Vlad II Dracul joined his former em- enemy, the Ottoman... <laughs> <laughs> his former Emily. standard word. <laughs> I feel alright about my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> So, in 1438, Vlad II Dracul joined his former enemy, the Ottoman Empire's Sultan Murad II, in invading Transylvania, his one-time home. But his loyalties were still Christian, so this can't have been easy for him. It brought him a measure of peace. However, and, blah, 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 <laughs> and things stayed relatively, can't say that, calm, <laughs> and didn't send me a guide for that one, did you? <laughs> calm until, you 14, speak English. <laughs> until 1441. When Johannes yep. Hyundai, as Tobias wants to pronounce it. I love their cars. Hunyadi. Hunyadi. Hunyadi, which sounds like you've misspelled Hyundai. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the, the styled white knight of Christendom. Mm-hmm. Close. Awesome. Approached Emily's for... just agreed there. She's like, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely right. <laughs> and the thing is, they agreed for different things. <laughs> um, approached Vlad II and asked him to join a crusade against the Ottoman Empire. Vlad... He said no. What a bastard. But that didn't stop Hunyadi. Great bastard. Hunyadi had a measure of success and was able to rout yep. a section of the Ottoman army who were o- who were occupied in Transylvania. Ooh. As a result, Sultan Murad II ordered Vlad to attend on him at court in Adrianople. Adrianople? Yeah, Adrianople. Cool. Place in Turkey. One point to uh, Liam! <laughs> where he was captured. In his absence, Hunyadi was free to invade Wallachia and seize power there. Yeah, so Hunyadi, so Vlad is out of Wallachia, Hunyadi's gone into Wallachia and ousted Vlad. Cool. Awesome. That's where we're nice. at at the moment. Very cool. So, Sultan Murad II released Vlad II before the year was out. Nice However, he demanded two of his sons as royal hostages in exchange. Oh, what? Come on. It was to make sure that Vlad behaved himself. Uh, he couldn't give him a sayer, as he was the oldest and his heir, so he gave his spare. He gave young Vlad and Radu... Oh, I'm sorry. A spare son. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you, if you want one of these kids and you, you're like, well, I'm the spare. <laughs> I'll never be ruler. That's what you need, an heir and a spare. Yeah. That's why. That is- Literally objectifying children. Yeah, that's what yeah. they say. Isn't yeah, the the I'm sorry. Is so they say it and it makes it okay. I mean, William's the heir, Harry's a spare. You've had an heir and a spare. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, they're female, neither of them are heirs. An heiress oh, and no. a spareess. No, no queen, technically, nowadays. The queen has changed not the law. Not in my family. <laughs> <laughs> you're the king and you're waiting on a boy. Yeah. We're not having any more kids, though, so if I get a dog, he, 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 he takes over. <laughs> technically, my male cats get to fight it out. Bob would say Kylo's here first, but Bob is technically older. Yeah. <laughs> you do Kylo's despair. You don't want Bob ruling. <laughs> that cat has some issues. No, no King Bob. Come so on. Anyway. It's first Bob. Young Vlad and Radu went back to the Ottoman court as as the hostages. In return, the Ottomans supported Vlad II in returning to power in Wallachia in 1443, leaving Wallachia. his sons behind. 
So his first rule, we had young Vlad, who had previously been well-educated, taught by Romanian scholars, nice. but also Greek teachers from Constantinople. He learned geography, mathematics, science, classical arts, and spoke fluent... Slavic. Fluent. Slavic. Fluent. And Flurman and Flatten. <laughs> I love Flurman. He spoke fluent Slavic, German, and Latin, as well as being trained as a military tactician. On his CV, he's probably overqualified now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm afraid sorry, you, you can't this get position is just no. below you. <laughs> Uh, whilst in Constantinople, he and his brother Radu received Radu. an Arabic education, learnt fluent Turkish, and trained as Turkish warriors. The hope was that when the princes grew and took their places as rulers of Transylvania and Valachia, Valachia. they would still be loyal to the Ottoman Empire. I really enjoy it. <laughs> but guys... Vlad had a temper. Oh, dramatic turn. <laughs> and could often be troublesome and quarrelled it a lot. That's Trolled true. it a lot. He was not happy in his captivity. Who surprise, is, surprise. His brother Radu enjoyed his time in Constantinople. I'm sure you misspelled Constantinople. Oh, yes, you're the one to yes, say that, aren't you? <laughs> became intimate friends with Mehmed. Intimate? Mehmed? Mm. Mehmed. Oh, no, wait. I've just read Ah, Mehmed, Son of Murad II, and later Sultan Mehed Mehed, um, possibly a bit too into Mehed Mehed. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hunyadi led a force against the Ottomans, against Vlad II. No, again, and Vlad II <laughs> joined him this time, sending a force out in support of King Vladislav. That's clearly a dinosaur. Of Poland. Vladislav oh no, here comes the Vladislav. <laughs> <laughs> and in the next rest of world time, I'm looking forward to it. Here comes the Vladislaus and it's Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> As part of the crusade of Varna, is that what that says? Yeah. Varna in 1444. Just, just it's good. They do sound like they could be like on the coastal line. That's got a talking other. tiger in that one. Train tickets from one to the other are a nightmare. He firmly believed by this point that his two sons had been killed. He never found out that they were alive and relatively well. Relatively. They're relatively well. They've got no arms, but they are technically alive. Yeah, but they're spare. They were were very well educated whilst in captivity. I'm sorry, but if this goes the same way as Candlewick, I'm not going to be happy. (laughs) Eventually, the Christian forces were defeated and Vlad II acknowledged the oh hello suzerainty. Exactly, that's the main rule. So we've got sovereignty of a king, but suzerainty of a sultan. Nice. Of the Sultan and promised an annual tribute. Hunyadi wasn't happy at this turn of coat and he invaded Wallachia in November 1447, causing Vlad II and his eldest son, Mercia, to be murdered. The latter by being buried alive. Oh, that's not okay. No, that's a nightmare. Uh, He then placed Vlad's second son, Vladislav. Second cousin. Oh, second cousin. I said so, I don't know. Yeah. Second cousin, Vladislav II, in power as ruler of Vladia. Vladia. Yeah. Vlad and Radu, meanwhile, were locked away because of their father's betrayal, and they were mistreated badly. Aww. But worst of all was what Vlad could witness from his cell window. From there he could see the square oh, yeah. where public torture and executions were held. He saw people whipped, beaten, crushed, stoned, oh, and, most importantly of all for his future... Impaled. That's an extreme voyeurism. Uh, that is wow. a lot. 
Eventually, the boys integrated back into the Turkish court and were free to travel, but they had to still swear loyalty to the Ottoman Empire and Sultan Murad II. But in September 1448, Hanyadi led another crusade against the Ottoman Empire, and Vladislav helped him. Vlad, now 17, took advantage of their absence to sneak into Wallachia Wallachia. and seize power. Oh, the crusade went badly for Hunyadi, and they were defeated at the Battle of Kosovo. Kosovo, there you go, in October 1448. Vladislav and what was left of his army returned to Wallachia. 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 <laughs> Realising he didn't have the support of the nobles in place. Enough to help his cause, Vlad was forced to flee back to the Ottoman Empire after ruling for only six months. But he wasn't done yet. Doof, 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 doof. <laughs> Second rule. Vlad staying... Oh no, that word again. Adrian's Opal. Yeah. Adrian Opal. In the Ottoman Empire for a while, then travelled to his maternal family under Bogdan II in Moldavia. Bogdan was murdered by Peter II... Aaron in 1451. That was his full name, Peter was, II Aaron. Oh, they were, I thought they were different people. No, Suddenly there was Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Aaron? Peter II and Aaron. Peter II Aaron. <laughs> in 1451, causing Vlad and Bogan's son, Stephen. I could say that, that was easy. To flee. And they ended up asking for help from Hunyadi. But Hunyadi wouldn't permit it. Hanyadi had recently signed a truce with the Ottoman Empire in which they agreed to recognise him as Vladislav's heir for Vladia on the latter's death. Hanyadi forbade the noble families to give shelter to Vlad and in the end he was forced to return to Moldavia where a guy called Alexandre was now ruling. Vlad sort of slips into the mist of time for a couple of years at this point and not a great deal is known about That's him. That's a really nice way to say people forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> he slipped in... Where, where's John? I thought he slipped into the mist of time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? When an actor doesn't do a film for like 10 years and everyone thinks they're dead, we should now just go, you know what, has Johnny been in anything for a while? No, he he's... slipped into the mists of time. Fuck me. Oh. Not right now, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Carrie. Promises, promises. <laughs> there was no promises. <laughs> Sorry, I'm only here for the stakes. They are, aren't they? He resurfaces in mid-1456, where he leads an army backed by Hungary to invade Wallachia. Wallachia! Wallachia! During which Vladislav is killed, aww, allowing Vlad to return to power. I've Yay! got the power! Before that one, we're going to say that we had a bit of a technical issue. So well, you're saying it now. Tell the ladies and gentlemen. We had a bit of a technical issue. We recorded this whole damn thing and it disappeared. And it was comedy gold, people. It comedy was gold! <laughs> so, if... This sounding is slightly different. If we laugh at jokes that we think we've said that they were in the yeah. other one, just kind of go with us. It was funny at the time. And we've eaten steak since. Yeah, we can't make that yeah. joke. We are full. Oh, no. oh. Wow. And also, Emily ruined our lives. I haven't. It's fine. Cool. Emily, you're so, purple. Yeah. yeah. Back to the podcast. You're purple. But Vlad never forgot what happened to his brother and like father. Like an elephant. And he was always <laughs> aware that his situation <laughs> I tried to read through it. I tried. But Vlad never forgot what happened to his brother and father, and he was always aware that his situation in power was precarious, so he took action against the people he held responsible and those he thought might be plotting. Much like an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Some of his other torture methods were skinning, boiling, decapitation, 
blinding, strangling, hanging. <laughs> he liked a nice game of hangman. Hangman, <laughs> burning, roasting, hacking, nailing, Monopoly. And burying alive, and long games of Monopoly. He, long, yeah. he also oh, liked long that. walks on the beach. Um, he would also stab and cut off the noses, ears, tongues, and <laughs> those bits. Penises and balls. Yes, of his victims. <laughs> but that's not the punishment that Vlad Tepes, the impaler, was known for. Over 500 nobles were impaled during Vlad's reign. Can we say penis on your podcast? Yeah. We normally say dick. Yeah. I've said dick already. Well, maybe that was earlier. Who I mean, knows? <laughs> that's I don't a scientific know. term for it, so it's been said now. Tw- no. I was going to say that's not. Ballast. Ballast. In his brief conflict with the Saxons of Hungary in 1460, he ransacked and tortured the merchants of Tara Basse. Allegedly, allegedly, not proven, come on, impaling or burning alive the merchants and their children. I said that weird. Children. He then invaded Brussels and ordered all captured men and women to be impaled. We don't know much more about his personal life. We know he had two, maybe even three wives and a number of children, some legitimate, some not so much, that he cared for deeply. Yeah, so he didn't pay other people's children, but he was such own. a yeah. caring man. Wasn't He's a good dad. He was a great dad. Yeah. Yeah. Misunderstood, if anything. <laughs> Conflict with the Ottomans. Go for it, Papa. Ottomans. Dad was still expected to pay homage to the Sultan, now Mohammed. Mohammed? Uh, Ali! <laughs> Prince Ali! One of the- Mehmed the second, with whom Radu was stay, still staying. <laughs> Shut up. Like I'm doing better than Mehmed. Staying with a mate. But one year, he decided not to. Though some say this was for three years. Mehmed sent an envoy. Thomas. Catabonia. <laughs> I'd like to point out, so far, since we started re-recording, Emily's only had to say two chunks. And so far, other people have read them Vladia and all of Vlad to come to Constantinople to explain himself. But he also sent Hamza and, Hamza. Nicop- and Nicopolis to capture Vlad whilst he crossed the Danube River. Something fell off the thing. Vlad found out and had them both captured and executed. Oh, he then went on a rampage. Rampage. Not a very good film, actually, Rampage. Well, I didn't mind it. Was it. Over, it was over a... Save it for yours. Boys, yeah. Boasting at one point <laughs> that he had ordered the deaths of more than 23,000 Turks and Bulgarians. Mehmed II retaliated by raising... Well, uh, thank you. Right, Emily's just taken... You're the getting carried away beyond. now. We still need to do this all. Right, Mehmed II retaliated by raising an army of over 150,000 men to take Valachia. Valachia. And place Radu on the throne. You got that bit right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Vlad retreated to Targ... Oh, hang on. Targovista? Yeah. Targovista. Oh, you... Last time you made a really good joke I made a Alta good Vista. joke. It was really good. It was good. Microsoft's program. Yeah. But it's ruined now. That was a good joke the first it time. It was the first time. I'm glad you it's remembered really it. Good. Using <laughs> a... We're giving everyone FOMO now for the first one. I know. <laughs> Using a scorched earth policy. Poli- okay. Policy? <laughs> to try and reduce... You should have read the terms and conditions. Uh, <laughs> reduce supplies for Mehmed's troops. On the 16th to the 17th of June, Vlad and a few of his closest warriors, something he didn't like, so he left them alone, broke into the Sultan's camp under cover of darkness to either capture or kill Mehmed. Trouble was, they got the wrong camp. 
point. And they only found <laughs> they only found the potatoes. <laughs> so they retreated. <laughs> so they retreated. <laughs> At the end of June, Mehmed entered Targovishta to find the town deserted by the living. Instead, <laughs> instead, Demise has kind of turned his primal just instant responses, <laughs> and he's realizing they might not all be okay. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, they got there, there was nobody alive in there. Instead, they were met by a forest of the impaled, which was 17 stades long and 7 stades wide, so about 20,000 men, women and children. There were infants too, affixed to their mothers on stakes, and birds had made nests in their entrails. Lovely. Real nice. No. This slightly repulsed most of the Sultan's army, but mm. not the Sultan himself. It. it gave him pause. How brave a man to do this, and if he was capable of doing the same to his own people... What would he do to his enemies? With his men stunned as well as suffering from heat exhaustion. Suffering, definitely not stuffed. Like you said last time. <laughs> I was trying to not just get through it. So not to get from through it. Heat exhaustion <laughs> and dehydration. Mehmed II ordered a retreat to Bralia. Vlad, meanwhile, fled to Chilia. Oh, it's straight to blue. Yeah, not a fan. That my bit's been cut. <laughs> In no fairness, you were a rubbish, mate. Come on. That's true. <laughs> it was um, questionable. You've now covered some of that. <laughs> I don't know why that keeps coming up. Vlad withdrew to the safety of the Carp- oh, Carpathian. 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 Um, yeah, all right. Mountains. <laughs> and waited for help. That would never come. Oh. Radu then made good with the nobles of Brazil that his brother Vlad had punished by paying a compensation of 15,000 ducats and reinstated their trading privileges. In the end, Vlad was captured in Valachia Valachia by a Czech mercenary and became a Hungarian <laughs> prisoner. Now, Liam, do you remember what one ducat is in nowadays money? Yes, Emily, I do. <laughs> it was it, it was the equivalent of about £105 sterling English dollars. Yes. That's a lot of money now. That's a lot of moolah. <laughs> Yes, it is, Emily. So, uh, the, Pope, the Pope queried why Vlad, as a Christian, was being held by a Christian country. So, um, they needed to kind of prove why he was there, so they fabricated three letters from Vlad offering support to the Sultan against Hungary, which led to Vlad being imprisoned for 14 years. Stephen III of Moldavia asked that Vlad be released to help him in a campaign. Kavai... Corvinus. Corvinus. Matthias Corvinus agreed to let Vlad go, but only if he agreed to convert from Christianity to Catholicism, which he did. Nice. Now we're talk about the third rule, guys. Third rule. Third if one. anything, it's the most important rule. <laughs> okay. Our the three. One? Three is the magic number. After his release, Corvinus officially recognised Vlad as Prince of Wallachia. Wallachia. But didn't give him military aid to claim his throne. He therefore had no choice but to move to Transylvania, where he lived for a while. Just a little bit. Mehmed was then ousted from Moldavia, where he had invaded in 1476, by the forces of Stephen Bathory. Another Steve. A Hungarian military commander and fellow member of the Order of the Dragon. And for those of you to whom the name rings a bell, he's an ancestor of the Countess Elizabeth Bathory. It rings a bell from the last time we did this. <laughs> Order of the Dragon sounds like a film with, like, Bruce Lee in it. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Okay. Well done. The combined forces of Bartri and Vlad captured Targovishta in November 1476 and then marched on Bucharest, restoring Vlad III to power for a third and 
final stunt. It's the final, final countdown. <laughs> okay, so Good, now like we it. are going to talk about Blabsy and Pegasus himself. Pepper's. Now, the timeline of the following is a bit fuzzy. But here are a few Pepper's. of the stories attributed to Vlad Tepes <laughs> and his particular appetites. Hey, you could have a lot with the tapas. Oh. The nobles or boyars were none too happy with having Vlad Tepes in charge, and they were vocal in their unrest. So Vlad invited them for dinner at the castle, which nice. was nice, and verbally laid into them for their disloyalty, their unrest, and their greed. Moody host. But he hadn't yeah. quite made his point. Oh. He felt so he made him... <laughs> you are there, Emily. It's emotional, I understand. <laughs> he hadn't tough. quite made his point, he felt... So he made a point of a different kind oh. by having his guards herd the men out into the courtyard and one by one he had them impaled and displayed in a ring outside of his castle. So I think the thing we can all agree is that Vlad the Impaler would be a terrible host on Come Dine With Me. Yeah. Um, great, or maybe. one of the best episodes of. Yeah. Food is great, not so much for entertainment. Yeah. Fact. So, and you do get points for that. There's like a whole bit that feels pointless in the episode. But it's like, now here's my friend Steve. Playing the guitar, you're gonna hate it. Don't score me down for it. <laughs> Sultan Mehmed the second once referred to Vlad Tepes's way of impaling as having been refined to an art form. Normally, normally a sharp wooden stake was inserted through the body, and death from injury and trauma was relatively quick, but not with Vlad. There's more for me still. <laughs> In the voice of Lloyd Grossman, the victim was held down and their legs tied to horses in order to keep them separate from what came next. Jeremy Clarkson again. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yes, that's true. A long wooden <laughs> spike was then inserted through the anus in men, vagina and women, and driven up through the body until it came out through the mouth or throat. The spike was relatively sharp, but not too sharp, so that the death was slow and agonising when the major organs weren't punctured. That next is the stick. On we go. Oh my god. Well, he's going to be quietly. Yeah, and we'll skip the stick again <laughs> yeah. At one point, one of his guards retched and complained of the smell when Vlad Tepes confronted him about it. Tepesh! I don't care. Uh, he's Tepesh! Tepesh mode. Is that Vlad the Impaler? Just call him Vlad the Impaler. I'm just calling him Vlad. He said oh, that he. This is one of my favourite bits. Don't take it away from Sorry. me. <laughs> I'm going to say it. What, what is moving across the screen? I don't know. When Vlad Tepesh confronted him about it, he said that he had not the stomach of my brave lord for such things, hoping flattery would save him. It did not. Vlad Tapash had him impaled, but in an act of sick kindness, he had him raised above the other victims so he cannot smell his companion. I mean, that's nice. He's caring. Thoughtful. He's caring in death. He didn't discriminate between men, women and children, Very though. Modern. His opinion of women was, typically for the time, that they were lesser than men. Oh. Less modern. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Should have read ahead. It's like we've done this before. <laughs> I wanted to keep the joke in, though. <laughs> I like it. He would have the women tied down whilst the wound was forcibly removed. Oh. They would then be flayed and impaled okay. with their skin displayed on a separate spike next to them. Which, as a chef, to flay someone's skin <laughs> and then display it next to them. Great knife skills. Ten out of ten. I was going to say, it sounds like you're impressed. Liam. Yeah. Death! Death! In December in 1476. <laughs> well, if you weren't awake before, ladies and gentlemen, you, you are me? now. Or are you just pointing out, look, Liam, you like death. 
death, yay! I ate all of my dinner. Can we do the death bit now, please? We can. In December in 1476, the Ottoman Empire invaded Valencia. Vlad resisted, obviously. <laughs> but it was one battle too many, and he fell to the Ottoman force. Some say that his corpse was cut to pieces, and his head sent to Sultan Mehmed II. Look, maybe it's your bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody is quite sure where Vlad was buried. The popular theory is that he was buried at the island monastery, Snagov. That sounds like an insult. <laughs> oh, you Snagov! Um... <laughs> However, excavations of what is believed to be his tomb, though the stone is unmarked, showed that the tomb was in fact empty. <laughs> Another <Yeah>. possible burial... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Emily. Are we boring you on your own podcast? Say no. <laughs> Another possible burial place was the Kamana Monastery, which Vlad had ordered built in his lifetime, but this is not confirmed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm remembering that last time when we said Kamana, we burst into Kama Chameleon. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Maybe he didn't need to be buried at all. Maybe he never actually died or didn't stay dead. Do, do, dun, do, dun, do, do, do. In fiction. Oh, Emily, you, you've taken it too far again. So, that is the real Vlad Tapash. I appreciate that. Thank you. You are right. You have cut a lot out of this. Yeah. Fascinatingly dark figure and proof that sometimes the man is much, much worse than the monster. But let's have a look at the monster now. Vampires have been part of folklore for centuries and we'll get onto that in a moment with some examples from around the world. But the most famous vampire was... Edward Cullen. <laughs> the one... Sorry, Tobias. But the most famous vampire besides Edward Cullen was one who was inspired by Vlad Dracula, but written by someone who had never actually set foot in Romania. Oh, wow. That's strange. It... <laughs> Genuine. <laughs> in 1816, a fateful night on a holiday between a group of notable people containing Mary and Percy Shelley, Lovely Lord couple. Byron, and Dr. John William Polidori, spawned what has been argued as the first vampire novel. Twilight. <laughs> I will hit you. That's cool. The Vampire with Spell a Y <laughs> with a Y by Dr. Polidori. Published Spell fully actually. in 1819. The novel came to the attention of an Irish author, Bram Stoker, who then hauled himself away in the British Library and began to research for arguably the greatest vampire novel of all time. The Sookie Stackhouse books. <laughs> also Dracula. I mean, yeah, that's Sookie Stackhouse, though. They're good books. Containing all of Vlad Tapash's lust for blood and placing him in a sexually repressed Victorian setting with a mad acolyte, a doomed... Vic- no, I was going to say Victorian again. A doomed <laughs> beautiful maiden and an obsession with a woman he cannot have. Dracula has been adapted so many times into films, plays, TV series, anime and radio plays. Let's chat about the manic podcast yeah that's not what i said last time no no i I went into castlevania yeah but i thought i'd cut that because like because i slated it there was hate on castlevania yeah i like it's more of you pointed this out because it's about dracula but he's the weakest 
boss, isn't it? Hey, guys, we do a podcast. Yeah, we do. Wait, wait, we don't argue. (laughs) No, no, that's not true. No. We definitely disagree in a heated manner. Oh, we do. Some would say argue. We're meant to be linking to our podcast. Yeah, so the Manic Podcast. That was a bad time to do that. (laughs) The Manic Podcast is your geeky ghost of geekdom. Well, we really don't get on all the time. Hey, now. I am all full of steak, which is not how vampires like to spend their time. Oi. You know, but yeah, it's a good place to get all your geeky stuff. We talk yeah. about films and stuff. But also, in this setting, is the popular culture versions of Vampires and Dracula's are going to be spoken on their podcast. Our love of podcast. A podcast. A podcast that we're going to be on because we are collaborating. This is a crossover. Next week. Yeah. So here we're doing the history of Dracula. On theirs, we're doing vampires in popular culture. Oh, well, you know, you couldn't have that better if we'd said it before. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god. Oh, look, that's very mean, Emily. <clears throat> but accurate. So, that's so, the man. <laughs> that's the man, the legend. Shall we have a look at some of the myths? Nah, I'm alright. <laughs> Let's end it there. After we all, we learned a lot. <laughs> Dracula was only in Romania and England. So, what about the rest of the world? And what do you do if you come across some of his kin? Burn them. I can tell you. I'm taking a guess now. Fire is going to be a good element here. Yeah. So, we might as well pick off. <laughs> pick them off one by one. Oh my god. What's happened? You've eaten. I can't work. Delirium. I can't work. <laughs> can on, you tell? We haven't even had pie yet. We might as well pick up where we left off. In Romania, where you might be unlucky enough to encounter the Strigoi. There are two types of Strigoi, the living and the dead. The living kind are those who have been cursed or born with two souls in one body, and the darker soul takes over. They are said to be born with tails and have the ability to turn themselves invisible. So you'll only know you've encountered one when it is already too late. Morbid. If your village is falling victim to a living Strigoi... There are a couple of ways. You can tell. The milk cows will all dry up. I always look at the milk cows. The men of the village will become infertile. And disease will spread with the ease of wildfire. Not wildlife. Like no, that would be silly to say that, wouldn't it? If you notice any of these things, dial 0800 Strigoi now. <laughs> if you see any of this happening in a village near you, never fear. You can protect yourself by smearing garlic on the doors and windows. It would keep away the living strigoi and possibly most of your neighbours. The other kind are the dead strigoi. People who still had two souls when they died. Or who were not given the proper burial rites and rituals. They would then not be allowed to decompose and would rise each night to haunt the relatives who had left them improperly buried. Spreading dis- Deadly, not just disease, deadly disease to them. They don't always turn up outside the window as fresh-looking corpses, mind you. They can also take the form of animals, insects, shadows, or fire. So basically, bury your relatives right in Romania. Or you're stuffed. Not suffering. Wow. Well, yeah. (laughs) Both. If you think a relative is a dead stagoi, then you exhume them, behead, and stake the body. Burning is also a sure bet. Never assume, always assume. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't there also another way you can sit, you can that's get it. a Strigoi? That's it. No, only one. You can get a horse. Can you? And you can walk that horse over the grave. And if the horse won't go over the grave, that is a Strigoi. 
Greece. We're in Greece. In Greece, you would encounter the Vrikolakas, a creature that has evolved over time. Initially, they were the most harmless, or mostly harmless, revenants of those who had died excommunicated from the Orthodox Church. As with the Strigoi, if they are buried improperly or in unconsecrated ground, they are not able to decompose. They have yeah. become mixed a little in myth with that of the lichen, or werewolf. Not a lichen. But the Greek, <laughs> <laughs> but the Greek lichens have a rough deal as they become a... Brickolacus. Upon death, <laughs> condemned to attack and drain the blood. That looks like someone's thrown a scrabble set at the wall and just chosen the letters. <laughs> to stop them, stake for head and burn. Of course, a burn, not bum. No, no. <laughs> very different things. No, very different things. Albania have the Strigger, the first of our gender-specific vampires. You say first of, but it's, they're, they're all women, pretty much. On the rest of it, from what I remember, more or less. Um, they take the form of a woman. Who survive by draining the blood of humans, but doing it slowly and causing a great deal of pain as they do it. They drink until the person doesn't just exsanguinate. That's probably the noise they make when they yeah, 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 yeah. They fall on desiccate and shrivel and die like a coconut. The way to stop them is pretty damn gross. Only the saliva of the shrikta can say. You right there? I spilled water in my lap. Oh, yeah, juice. It's not Get water. Your no. That, that will stay. flavoured water. Oh, okay. No, it's juice. It's juice. It's juice. You can't call that flavoured water. No. Anyway, important <laughs> to uh, the grossness. Only the saliva of the Shrikta can set... I know. I don't... I said it like that last time, but you're too busy spilling stuff over yourself. <laughs> can save the life of their victim, provided she spits into their mouth before the sun goes down. After the sun has set, you're dead. No questions asked. You've just also been spat on by a mythical creature. You saw that, right? Yeah, it's okay. What was it's it? It's an autosave thing. It's an autosave. I'll tell you what isn't. Not very dignified. And <laughs> the document that we're not changing. The Striga is bulimic, however, and after drinking her fill, she will vomit up the majority of the blood, keeping only the bare minimum to continue surviving in suffering. If you're lucky or not enough to come across Striga vomit collect some of it on a silver coin keep it in your pocket and it will be a charm against attack from one so stupid yeah like who, so why stupid. would you come across nowadays like, why would you come across the street nowadays if you were seen like in the street rubbing a coin and vomit you would be arrested and I sexually. don't know I mean we're very inclusive huh? you th- and you're like you know what you vomit coin rubbing Friend of ours. You do you. you yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do you. <laughs> you do you and we'll... As long as you're not making me do it. And we'll stay you, uh... a very far length of space away from you. You can also trap a streaker, or trap one to kill it, by trap beheading, staking and burning, by following these it. simple instructions. On Easter Sunday, you take the bones of the last pig you ate at a Only the last one, not yep, the one before. the last pig Make you sure ate. Yours. You then use them yeah, to create a cross on the front steps of the church... That Shatiga is inside. <laughs> she then cannot leave the church unless you go inside and carry her out. Can you imagine going through all the effort to collect the pig, doing all this, and then you go in and carry her out anyway? So why would you? It you can then destroy her or just leave her there. Either or. Yeah. Either or. Yeah. Have to go to the Caribbean then. Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this one. I hope this one has pirates. You just. Have you oh, Caribbean! <laughs> it was about you, Bernard, who shouted at me, Caribbean! <laughs> oh. 
The warm islands and clear blue seas of the Caribbean are home to the Lugaroo. Lugaroo! Another female vampiric creature. This time, she's a shapeshifter who looks like a woman during the day, but at night, she can shed her skin like a snake and go hunting. Without her skin, she is able to slip through gaps and cracks of any size. I remember last time you had a big issue with this. Because just because you lose your skin, Tobias, doesn't mean you can then fit through any gap like an octopus. Sorry. Um, without her skin, she can, she's able to slip through gaps and cracks of any size to uh, to come upon her sleeping victims and drain their blood. I remember that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> ah. She has OCD though. Oh, that's harsh. If you leave a oh, pile right. of sand on your doorstep, then she you're has messy. To, she has to stop and count every grain before she can come in for supper. The trick is to leave enough sand down to keep her counting until morning. And if the sun rises without her being back in her skin, the Lugaroo is doomed. Lugaroo is doomed. Dun, 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 dun. Scandinavia. Elder Scrolls fans will be familiar with their next creature, the Drow. These are undead, without a doubt. They're like revenants with superpowers, pretty much. Um, if you're a violent or evil person in life, or oh, if yeah. you're cursed to it, you will become a drow undead. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> <laughs> you want something to look forward to in death. <laughs> Again, the body doesn't decay. Nice. No, it doesn't. It but nice. instead, it turns a shade of blue and will become oh. incredibly heavy. So a bloated, like dead weight. Oh, you're at almost there, aren't you? <laughs> Lesser friends would take offence, but I don't care. <laughs> I did it for comedy. And all I can think of is turning blue, Smurf. Cool. I'm the king of Smurfs. Second Snapchat club. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first one was within that first section we'd already Oh, is it? Yeah. So it's come back to it. Yeah. Nice. The drought can cause epidemics. Bastard. They can spread their vampirism through a bite or scratch infection. They can cast curses and cause insanity. Just one like of the traits of the drought is haunting their victim Similar, until yeah, they go mad. Then killing them and devouring their maddened brains. Oh, their maddened brains. Oh, I love a maddened brain. <laughs> they have the ability to sink to the ground to escape, and in several engines, they can turn into smoke. <laughs> oh, I missed that last time. So they have the ability just to, how sinister, just sink into the... Bye. <laughs> we're, like a, we're like a gay sass. Bye. <laughs> You can find the grave of a drow because any bird of the any bird or animal that passes over it will instantly die, oh. and any human that walks over it will instantly go mad. They can be defeated if you decide to fight them. Though seriously, you've rewritten this because I picked on you last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because last time this you just could it not made no time. sense. Because <laughs> it basically would defeat them in combat. <laughs> Luck you. <laughs> They can be defeated if you decide to fight them. Though seriously, good luck with that. Only the saga heroes can manage that. So unless you have some epic heroic destiny, try another B. (laughs) (laughs) Try option B. Or plan B. Find the grave, behead the drow, and burn it all. Just Without assume. Just there. assume burn it. Burn it all. To the you can also stop someone raising as a oh drow, drow. <laughs> by burying them upside down. 
so they can't claw their way out of the grave, or by driving nails into the feet of the corpse, so they are unable to walk. Just be prepared for retaliation should a helpful friend of the drow <laughs> ever pull those nails out. I like the choice word of retaliation. I know. It's... Like one day you're going to no! wake, wake up with a horse head in your bed. Like, oh, that's the drow. Oh. That's the drow for now. He's been pulled off, yes. That's really good. That's the drow for now. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, oh, so I wasn't offering you a high five. I was doing the how thing from how. How to. If it's Scandinavian and Romanian myth, you can bet your life it'll crop up in Celtic folklore. The Drow Do is another Derek Do. Derek Do. The 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 Derek Do. He's another female vampire. Describes the beautiful pale woman seen wandering in graves at night. They are more specific with their victims than some of the other fam fanged fame for tells. Fanged? <laughs> I did that right <laughs> the first time. They lure men in with their beauty and offer a kiss. Mwah. When the man kisses them, it's already too late. The Derek will bite him and drain his blood through his mouth until he's dead. And I still have an issue with the idea of biting someone through their mouth. But you explain it's like they bite onto the lip and drain yeah. the blood. All the time. But the sentence, they bite them through their mouth is a scary like nah, nah. <laughs> but they um, yeah. you can't kill a dog dude a dog dude <laughs> you can only trap them uh -huh, by building a cairn over their grave or if you're male you could just not approach the random beautiful woman wandering alone in the graveyard you pervert that's, right. that's, that's good advice for life don't approach, it is. Any, don't approach anyone you see hanging around in graveyards yeah Africa Heading over to the Ivory Coast of Africa, you may come across the Asan Bonsam. I don't want to. No. The Asan Bonsam is an ambush predator and will wait in trees for their victims to walk below, where they will spear them with the hooks they have instead of feet and hands, oh. and lift them into the tree canopy before draining all of their blood and then just disposing of the corpse. So, if you're walking anywhere along the Ivory Coast, avoid the trees. They only leave the cover of the trees at night. Where they can sneak into houses and take a small drink from the thumbs of sleeping like people. Like miniature whiskey. That's if the hunting day has been slow. Thumb drum. If you don't want your thumb blood to be drained whilst you sleep, <laughs> the answer is simple. <laughs> is it actually thumb blood? Yeah. It is. And I've got to say the thing that was making me chuckle because it's not valid and this is not a true statement. But you said I'm the predator and honestly the only thing my mind could go Tobias is the predator. Dies as a virgin or in childbirth, they become a vessel for 
Kikachototototo. Chikatito, tell me what's wrong. How do we say this? Kikwakito. Well done. Thank you. And their reanimated bodies wait at a crossroads to lure men and tempt them into unfaithfulness and sexual acts. If you're good, upstanding, and faithful, then you'll be okay. Just get out there sharpish. If you give in, however, they will drain your blood and kill you. Same thing. Yeah. So you just... But you kind of Don't deserve cheat. it. Yeah. They have also been known to hunt children, pregnant women, and mothers. So they're not picky, basically. No, yeah. just in case there's not enough unfaithful men out there. There are, let's be honest. <laughs> oh. Hey. Oh. Hey. Chikatita, tell me what's wrong. They have to eat. <laughs> All right, let's go to China. Anything you want to add, Carrie? <laughs> if you want a creepy monster, <laughs> go to China or Japan. I don't know. Here I've, I've seen the grudge. May you meet the Jiangxi. Like the Shigoi, not Shangxi, Jiangxi. They've got ten rings. Be careful. Legendary. Like, you really elbowed me in the face. Possession. Um, like the Shigoi, it's a two souls in one body deal where the darker of the two souls wins out and takes two possession. Living the... in just. <laughs> That's really good! <laughs> The transformation is physical as they have long, sharp claws. No, it was in my lap. I'm sorry. I mean, it was in my lap and then it just splashed up on my I'm hand. trying. We're not talking about Liam here. I am trying to read. <laughs> the transformation is physical as they have long, sharp claws, no, red no. eyes, oh. and pale hair the colour of grave mould. They also have inhuman speed and strength, the ability of flight, <laughs> and toxic breath. Like the Luguru, they are impulsive counters, and you can trap a Jiangxi in a circle of rice. Counting the rice will buy you enough time to behead, stake, or burn them, bum, bum. or all three of you being extra. Extra? <laughs> Not basic? Nah. Native Americans! Liam. In the seminal culture of Native America, right. there is the stickini. Like the mankini. Another shape shifting Why do you like to mankini instead of bikini? Sticking bikini? Because mankini feels more entertaining. Yeah, I was going yeah. for the funny option. Definitely less support, though. <laughs> I've never worn one. Have you worn a stickini? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, the thing is, they are human until nightfall. Where... <laughs> <laughs> Where they will go to a safe place and vomit up all their internal organs and then turn into an owl. Natural. Do it yeah. every night. They will then hunt for their victims and suck out their hearts through their mouth. Not their To ear. kill them. Oh. Before the sun rises, they must return to their organs, turn back into human form and swallow their organs to pass for human again. If you can't get to the organs first, though, you can use special arrows coated in certain herbs and fletched. I thought you were making that up. No. <laughs> no, I you said were so confident. Yeah, <laughs> at that point, I right? When I said these. certain herbs last time, I mentioned KFC. KFC. Yeah. But I didn't oh, want to mention yeah. KFC because I realised that I said fetched last time, not fletched. But, but I was on have it. Have now mentioned KFC. But I think they're looking good with owl feathers to defeat them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably burn the organs for good luck. Always burn them. I told you at the start of this. Burn it all. Mother Russia! Our Russian's cousin... What? Our Russian cousins have the Verdilac. Verdilac. <laughs> that have a specific diet. Eggs. 
They are. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the truth? They're vampires, but they just love eggs. They love them. Do they? They are actually undead vampires who only drink the blood of their loved ones. Oh, that's not eggs. Convert their entire oh, no. family to vampirism. I remember saying last time that I thought it was a very nice thing to do. I think it's like a cult. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go over to Mesopotamia, I don't now, want shall to. we? Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia has the Lilithu, a beautiful and highly sexualized female vampire, vampire. who would obsessively possess a lover once oh. taken and never let them go, feeding on, feeding on, nom nom nom, feeding on them regularly, but never enough to kill them. They could also take the form of the wind or winged and bird-footed demons. Who drank the They're blood of birds. new birds <laughs> and new mothers. Winged and bird-footed. That's a bird. <laughs> That's a bird. Oh, but Liam. Yeah? There is also the Lamashtu. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. With the head of a lion and the body of a lion. This is it, right? It's a lion. A demonic vampire with the head of a lion. Great. Great start. And then the body of a donkey. But what happened is they were like, well, you're really scary. Head of a line, hardcore. Honestly, it's probably one of the best wazzles. And there's going to be some listeners who know what wazzles are. Just saying. I have no idea. Do you know what wazzle is? No, I'm a young wee lad. <laughs> Wait, you're not Scottish, though. I'm also not me. I'm a big dude. <laughs> uh, anyway, this, this lion-donkey mashup that preys on newborns and new mothers. They have an insatiable thirst for blood and are never satisfied. So, South America, not quite a vampire, but certainly vampiric, is the Asima, a blood-sucking hag native to the Republic of Suriname on the border of Brazil. They go by other names in the local areas, but the main descriptor is a succion. They appear as a reclusive old woman during the day, but then at night she takes off her wrinkled skin and puts it safely... <laughs> safely? <laughs> ...in a pestle and mortar. She then flies across the sky in the form of a fucking <laughs> Don't we all? It's so crazy. <laughs> I just saw you moan it, but the pestle and mortar bit. Move it up so Liam can speak. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then, no, let's just look at that. No, look so at, that. at night, she takes her wrinkled skin and, and puts it, it in a safely for safely in a pestle and mortar. Not just discard it, just throw it. And not only does she then defy gravity, <laughs> she does it in the form of a fireball. Yeah. Sorry, they suck blood from people's arms, legs, and <laughs> soft bits. What other Sophia penis? And um, leave blue, black bruises on the body for the morning. They try not to drain until death. If they do, then the victim will become a sequent or just plain die. In that case, the creature can assume the victim's identity and identity theft is no laughing matter. No. They then trade the blood they have collected for black magic powers with a demon called, wait for it, Basil. <laughs> The most sinister demon Basil. Boom, boom. You hear all about Lucifer, <laughs> you never hear about Basil. Oh, Basil. He's the great bad. demon detective. Right, I'm just saying, Emily, if you don't nudge that up, I'm just going to stop mid-sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Rice is good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good night. Enjoy your flowers. Rice is good against these guys. If you put them around your house at night, did I say no, no, no. <laughs> creature has to gather every single grain before dawn also has OCD. Yeah. Meanwhile, 
Find the mortar where she hides her skin. Sprinkle it with the coarse salt so she cannot put it. No, we're going to put it back. What happened? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Culture, you can find the Penangalan, a, <laughs> a nocturnal vampiric ghost that takes the form of a woman's disembodied floating head totally with her internal organs still attached and trailing below. Like a jellyfish. From a distance. <laughs> Actually, it does look a lot like a jellyfish. Yeah, to be like fair. A man you of see one. Yeah, it does look just like a man of war. From a distance, it looks like a will o' the wisp or a man of war, and when it's close enough to see, it's too late. Da, da, da. The Penangalan. The Penangalan is said to have once been a woman who meditated during a ritual bath in vinegar Already with all but her head submerged. She can return oh. her organs back into her body by shrinking them in vinegar and so they can go back in. You can therefore detect one by the smell of vinegar if the floating head <laughs> and organs don't give it away. Oh, um, little spoiler. You can stop one by scattering the leaves of thorny plants around the outside of your house, or looping them in vines around your windows and doors, so she will catch her exposed organs on them. Or, if you're due to give birth, you could also go through this, the very easy process of finding some shattered glass and gluing them to the exterior walls of your property. <laughs> or maybe just get some scissors or cutters nearby. There were other words they will there. Scare there were the definitely creature. other words there. It's fine. <clears throat> You can permanently destroy the creature by finding the rest of the body and pouring broken glass into the neck cavity to sever the oh. internal organs when she tries to reattach. Yeah. You then sanctify oh, and burn before sunrise. Trust me, people, it's all about the burning. Oh. It's all about the burning. Nice. There are many, many more types of vampires out there around the world. So we Far don't care more about than we can mention here. So we would encourage you to have a look for yourselves. The folklore is rich and varied. Not all vampires suck blood either. There are those that steal your life force or mana and can leave one feeling drained emotionally and mentally. So that is the history of Dracula, Vlad the Impaler, vampires and all that jazz. Vladia. And Vlachia. Vlachia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this week's Ridiculous Death. Oh, oh, we're going straight into it. Jeez, okay. <clears throat> I like it when you do that. <laughs> oh no. Ridiculous death device, in case you don't know. I, I've heard it before, but carry on. the second Yes. What is ridiculous death? You're an action damage. It is a segment we do at the end of all of our podcasts that we find somebody who died, took themselves out of the gene pool, one might say. In a stupid way. Yeah, it's funny. Cool. Bring it on. Okay, so this week we have Pietro Aretino. Um, who was an Italian author, playwright, poet, satirist, and blackmailer. Oh, so, yeah. All the common things yeah. in the CV. <laughs> um, he was born in 1492 in Arezzo in the Republic of Florence, and he died on this day that we're recording this, the 21st of October 1556, in Venice. And basically what happened was he was at a very nice meal, um, someone told him a bit of a bawdy joke, oh. he laughed a lot, and depending on which version you listen to, either he laughed so much his heart burst and he died. Believe doesn't believe that happened. He or was bullshit. He laughed so hard and threw his chair back as he laughed, fell on the floor and cracked his skull open. I think that's believable. And something that we've nearly done ourselves. 
We've laughed a lot this podcast. It's we been, have to been be fun. Both versions have of you, it. <laughs> have you enjoyed being on our podcast? I have. This is my first time. Liam's been here before. Yeah, he was in this the This was new to me. I have. Sorry. <laughs> means nothing. But okay. But Are I've, you going to come back one day? If, yeah. Yeah, sure. If, if you're always going to cook me steak. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Have you it's enjoyed good. yourself, Liam? Yes. <laughs> good talk. Cool. Great. Where can you find the Manic Podcast? On the internet. Or at <laughs> Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Or you can go straight to the horse, which is SoundCloud. Just type in Manic. Two ends, very important. We're so chuffed with that, we're not talking anymore. <laughs> um, or you can check the link to which these lovely ladies are definitely going to put in the description. And if they don't, we won't advertise theirs. <laughs> we will, we did last time. And that's all of our socials, including a Patreon. Yeah, one pound, you can get all the exclusive stuff. Yeah, you can, it's so fun. Yeah. So much fun. But we'll find out because we Such need to record for your podcast. Yeah, and that's what we're going to do next. And I'll let you say goodbye for your own podcast. Say goodbye <laughs> to your fans. We will be back on Halloween with a special Halloween episode. Spooky. What? I'm leaning in. Oh, okay. I'm excited. <laughs> we spooky will. special Halloween episode. And we'll be on their podcast next week. We will be putting that on our socials as well. Thank you. That's very nice of you. You're welcome. So ours will be out today on Sunday, and there's will be next week at some point. Some sometime. Sometime Sometime after this episode, but before Halloween. But if you've enjoyed learning about the history of Dracula, pop over there and find out how vampires have been portrayed in popular culture. Yeah. And we shall see you at some point. Bellagio.